Welcome to the Practical Prepping Podcast, Friday edition of the 10-Minute Tip. Welcome to the Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. If you enjoy Practical Prepping Podcast, we ask you to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about it. We also ask you to consider supporting our podcast. You can do that by buying us a cup or two of coffee. You can do that by going to www.buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep. We appreciate any support to keep this podcast coming to you. You know, I read something on one of the forums the other day that somebody was talking about the Texas storm. The the worst thing for him was not being able to have his coffee. He couldn't figure out how to make coffee with his power being off. And you and I got to talking about some of this as we were traveling last week. And one of the things that we came up with was alternative ways to do normal things. Yeah. And that's our topic for tonight alternative ways to do normal things. And we're not going to run the range of everything you can possibly think of, but we do have just four basic categories that we want to talk about. Making coffee, that's an important thing. You know, that's the go juice. When you don't have your coffee and you go without it and you're in a stressful situation, it just maximizes the suffering. And so there's Well, if you go a few days without it, you begin to have caffeine withdrawal headaches. You do. Absolutely. I mean, you can feel it physically. And so having that coffee is a treat, I think. And so we've listed a few things. Instant coffee. No, it's not the greatest coffee in the world, but it certainly beats nothing. Yeah, I had a aunt and uncle that all they drank was instant. If you went to their house and they offered you a cup of coffee, you got a cup of instant. I've had some instant coffees that weren't all that bad. But if you enjoy drinking instant coffee and that's what your preference, go right ahead. It's not my place to say anything about that. But for most of us that are regular coffee drinkers, it's not that good of an option. But it is an option. And we do have instant coffee in our prepper cabinet. Oh, absolutely. We do have that. I mean, we'll take it over nothing. But there's some other things we can do before we get there. We also buy the coffee that's a single-use bag like a tea bag, but it's not got tea in it, it's got coffee in it. And you just, you know, heat up your water and you let that little bag steep in there for about a minute and you've got yourself a good cup of coffee. And it's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I took a box of it to New Zealand when I went down there on a mission trip. Those folks don't drink brewed coffee except in a restaurant. At least I never found anybody that did. Everybody drinks instant coffee. And so it was a real pleasure to be able to pull out those coffee bags and be able to steep a cup of that another thing you can do is take some heated water in your coffee carafe and just pour it through your drip grind machine you know you don't have electricity but you still have a way to heat water like on a grill or a camp stove or something like that just you do the mechanism of pouring it through and letting it drip grind and have coffee that way Be sure to put the pot back under it if you have one of the ones that automatically stops when you pull it out. Put your hot water in something else and pour it on top of your grounds and let it run down into your pot. And it makes a pot of coffee. Now, the warmer's not on, so it doesn't stay hot. But if you have a gas stove, you can put it on top of that gas stove with a very, very low flame if you have a glass pot. 
and keep that warm. But that's a very good way to make coffee. We did that in 1993 in that huge snowstorm that took us out. Another way to go would be the old-fashioned percolator. You can actually still find and still buy the uh, old solid metal with the little glass bubble on the top. It has a little basket ground stem inside, and you can fill it with water, and you can actually put it over a open flame or a grill or something and make percolated coffee. And you can find that in the housewares section of the big box stores from time to time. But one place that you will have good luck finding it is in the camping section. It's very well used in the camping community. I had one in the camper down at the hunting club. And I just set it on top of the gas stove and let it go to town. Made me a pot of coffee. Another would be a little device called a French press. This is one of my favorites. Yes, it's very easy to use. Uh, Again, all you're doing is heating water. You can find a way to heat water and then make use of a French press. It's about a four to five minute process after you put the water in. And uh, it makes a very delightful cup of coffee. In fact, a lot of people use a French press anyway, whether they have electricity or not. They just like that particular style of coffee making. Some folks say it makes a better cup of coffee, but it does make a very, very good cup of coffee. And what it is basically is a glass or metal tube, and it has has a filter that is built into it and that is mounted to a rod that you pull through the top so you're pouring your grounds into the pot and you're pouring your hot water into the pot close the pot and let it steep for four or five minutes and then gently push that metal rod down and it just pushes all of those grounds to the bottom of the pot and you can pour up several good cups of coffee with that and another one mark had to explain to me called cowboy coffee tell us what cowboy yeah, this coffee is, is the old-fashioned way this is pour the grounds in the pot pour the water in the pot and boil it And then now in our situation, we could take that coffee and pour it through a coffee filter into the cup and strain it that way. Now, I've heard different ways. I've heard of people said you could put the grounds in a sock and boil it. And, you know, I'm not sure I want to be wasting a good dry sock on making coffee. But I've also heard that you can pour a little bit of cold water in there on top of the hot and that will settle the grounds. I'm not sure about that, but I know you can boil it. Keep an eye on it because this is going to get a lot of coffee out of your coffee bean and pour it through a coffee filter or a paper towel into your cup and you'll have a fresh cup of coffee that way. All right, we'll jump over to when you lose power and you've got a refrigerator or a freezer full of valuable and expensive foods that you've been sitting on for a while. Of course, if it's wintertime, depending on your weather and temperature situation, if you have a number of coolers that have any size to them, what you're not already trying to cook off and use out of your refrigerator or freezer, you can pack into a cooler and let Mother Nature be your temperature guide. I know a lot of people will use a garage maybe a back porch, and they'll let uh, some of these freezing and some freezing temperatures outside take the place of the refrigerator or freezer that they've lost. Now, of course, in your particular region, you've got to be the best judge of what your daily temperatures are going to be like. We can be 25 degrees here in the morning, and by noon, we're 65. So that wouldn't necessarily work for a whole day. No, and it won't work in South Florida. 
But if you're stuck in two feet of snow, there is no reason to let all that food in the freezer or the refrigerator go bad. What you don't cook immediately, you can put it into a cooler, you can put it into milk crates, cardboard boxes, anything. Put it out into the weather and just leave the top open and let the cold air keep it frozen if you're below freezing temperature. You can also, and I've done this in a cooler, is pack snow in it. You put your frozen goods in the cooler, put it outside, pack it with snow, and as that melts down, just add more snow. If you have a sufficient amount of snow on the ground, it's going to still be some snow on the ground once the temperature gets up above freezing. So you just keep packing snow on that. The opposite works with your refrigerator food. You can put it in a cooler, close the cooler top, set it outside, and the cooler top being closed will keep it from freezing. We did that in 1993 as well. Put everything out of the refrigerator into a cooler, set it out onto the front porch, and nothing froze, and we didn't lose a single thing out of the refrigerator or the freezer. Okay, next up would be doing the laundry. How do you do the laundry when you have no electricity? If you're just talking about a couple of days, you're not talking about having to do laundry. But if we're in some of these, and I've seen power outages that last months after hurricanes and last weeks and weeks after tornadoes, usually a tornado, it's back on within a week. But after hurricanes, it could literally be a month or more. And we may need to wash clothes. Now, you had some ideas on this. Yes, uh, I actually saw this uh, video. If you have a turkey fryer, you know what I'm talking about, one of these 30-quart stainless steel pots and a, and a way to heat it for cooking a turkey, frying a turkey outdoors. You can just use that as a way to heat up some water and take a broom handle and become your own agitator and put in small amounts of clothing with a small amount of detergent because you're doing a very small size and just wash what absolutely has to be washed and then have some rinse water nearby and then just let Mother Nature do the drying on a clothesline or something like that. Right. So that'd be one way. Uh, some people have done washing in their bathtub. You know, mm -hmm. same kind of an idea. You may set up, if you've even got two bathtubs or like a bathtub and a sink or a bathtub and shower, you might use one area to do the washing, soaking and washing, and the other to do all the, to have some clean water ready to pour the rinse off into the shower stall. Right. And this is where a good mop sink would come in handy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mop sink and a five-gallon bucket. You know, it's not going to be perfection. It's not going to be what you're used to, but it's certainly going to be a way to try to at least have some clean clothes and do the very best you can. And it doesn't matter that it doesn't have the same results as, you know, your high efficiency over there in the laundry room. Until you have power, you got to do the best you can do. Well, you say it's not perfect. It's kind of like what we're about to get into with our next subject is not perfect. It's not the ideal situation, but there's a point in a power down situation where you just have to have a bath, either for yourself or for those around you. Right. Personal hygiene. At some point, you want to feel cleaned up. And so this is where having preps to go to is very helpful. These baby wipes are nice to have because a lot of them are either unscented 
hypoallergenic or pleasantly scented. And you can do a quick wet wipe type of a bath and just hit the areas you know need the most attention. Our soldiers overseas in the combat field, they really do appreciate these wet wipes and such. And my grandmother used to call those spit baths. And it's really, you know. Grandma used real spit. Well, grandma used a little bit of water out of the sink. And, and you know, yeah. you can mix some uh, boiling water and some cold water and have some warm water. And you can even wet a washcloth with that and wash the critical areas at least. Oh, absolutely. Another thing you can do is if you've got enough time and the right kind of rigging is you can create some sort of a private shower area, maybe out of doors if the weather's conducive to this. Obviously, sub-freezing weather's not going to work, but there are ways to rig a bucket with a rope that can turn, and you can use that as a shower. I mean, it's crude, it's elementary, but it certainly gets the job done if you need a little bit of water to come down and just to wash hair. A lot of ladies, too, we use a lot of dry shampoo. You can buy that in cans. You can prep dry shampoo. You can also use what my great-grandmother did, and she kept many, many pounds of cornmeal, just ground cornmeal, and she would brush her hair with cornmeal, and she might have wet-washed her hair maybe once every three or four months, but she wow. cornmeal brushed her hair, and her hair was silky and oil-free and clean and deodorized, just from brushing it with cornmeal. So that's an old pioneer method. And that was your works. grandmother? My great-grandmother. Great-grandmother. So she was born in the 1800s. She was born in the 1800s. And women didn't have this daily shower and wash your hair business going on back then. They Some of them just didn't. And so they just used whatever they could and figured out ways to keep their hair clean and smooth and well-groomed that way. So having some cornmeal is good to have on hand, too. There's something I saw the other day is that you can buy adult disposable washcloths in the pharmacy section of the big box stores. Yeah, it's like a giant baby wipe. And they're thicker, and they're more of a texture of a small washcloth, but they're used for people for bed baths that are bed-bound. Mm-hmm. They're just larger because they have to cover more area if you're really trying to clean arms and legs and right. things like that as well. Now, the one that looks like the most fun to me, and I think I'm going to build one of these at some point, and you can use it for showering, you can use it for washing your hair, you can use it for a number of things, but it is a garden sprayer where the end of the garden sprayer hose has been removed and a sink sprayer hose has been attached. Okay. So you've got the same little attachment, single button to push that you use in your kitchen sink. And I read one account of a person that sat down in the bathtub and did an entire bath on one gallon of water. Well, how about that? Now, that's just smart thinking right there. So, that's a good prep idea. Now, that takes a little bit of advanced planning, mm, but sure. it's something that, that I think could be very nice to have. And I guess you could do it with a garden sprayer if you had to. But this look, this gave you a larger stream, gave you a softer stream than would a garden spray nozzle. And it just looked like a real neat idea to me. Okay, so we hit the areas of making coffee, how to keep cold foods, doing some laundry for your clothes, and some personal hygiene. We just think those were four areas that needed the most attention. We'll see you next week. We have added a way for our listeners who would like to support the podcast to do so. We love our coffee. So you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep and buy us a cup of coffee. Wink. 
That's buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. And please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. Email at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.